0: Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and
1: Twitter. Thanks for listening and
2: enjoy the show.
0: We should be able to have disagreements. We watch the Apostles do that in the Scriptures with each other, Mm -hmm. with Christ, and we should be no different. And so I think that they were laying the example of how to follow, how to sustain, and how how to also question and and strengthen our own testimonies. Mm -hmm. That's how we got the restored gospel of Jesus Christ because of the questions that Joseph Smith asked.
1: Hey guys, welcome back. We're here again with Molly Bonner. And uh, if you missed the last episode we had with Mali, it was it was quite excellent. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about the priesthood ban and some of Mali's personal experience with that and, and some of his thoughts. Um, today, we're going to be responding to some comments from that. Well, not us. Mally's going to be responding to some of the comments that we got on that video. So, So first of all, welcome back. Thank you. And second, okay because again this is just us living vicariously through you last time we we ended with your work with stevie wonder yes who is it now who's the latest well or have you been too busy with greenflake
0: well greenflakes kind of taken over and yeah. stevie is kind of like the the main thing right he's now. the main thing right yeah now. he's the main thing right now. there's a lot of new artists that are up and coming yeah and so and then there's artists that i can't say
2: yeah. What does that mean? Well,
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, okay, so if you can imagine, so if I'm the guy that's gonna be teaching someone how to sing and what not to sing sometimes, like lip-sing this, don't sing that. Uh, so I'm kind of like a hush-hush on a couple projects right now. Okay you're killing me man. smoking mirrors we're just doing smoke and mirrors <laughs> for the audience you know, it, it, dazzling with some smoke and mirrors <laughs> i know it is, it is you're just
1: the guy behind the curtain and, <laughs> yes, yes. okay well okay well that leads us into one of the first uh, comments i wanted to ask about this is from maddie Verde. Green. she says do you know where you can, where we can watch the green flake movie
0: yes um if you go to deseret book uh you can either buy the dvd and you can also download, I think they have a streaming platform now where you can download the streaming platform, sign up, and then watch it there. So Deseret Book is where you get it, deseretbook.com. Or at Deseret Book Stories, you can get the hard copy of the DVD. Okay. Nice.
2: It's already there.
0: Yeah, it's there okay. now.
2: cool.
1: And there are screenings going on. I don't know when this episode is going out. I but... know, so
0: yeah. it's probably going to come out after the screenings, but we we've been, screening we did screenings <laughs> like yeah, we did screenings the first two weeks of February, which is fantastic at BYU, and we did Q&As, which... Address some deep discussions, which was beautiful. So hopefully when you watch it in your home, you have questions and discussions with your friends and family. Yes, yeah. yes. Great.
2: That's great, yeah. And also, let's just mention that there were, one of the reasons why we're doing the responding to comments is because there were an overwhelming amount of positive. People just loved hearing from you. Oh,
0: that's great. They just
2: loved it. Um, And this is one, this one's not really one you have to like answer anything with, okay. but this person, Blake Jackson said, I am a better person by listening to this and hearing Mallie's testimony. Thank you.
0: Wow. Thank you, Blake.
2: Simple, but pretty cool. And lots of people said things similar to that.
0: Okay,
1: before we get into some more positive comments, I want to talk about some of the negative ones. Yes. There were kind of two categories. Um, Some of them were coming from members of the church, and others were were Mm -hmm. non-members. And I want to get your take on kind of the gist of, of what they said. So from the We'll start with the non-members, and kind of the gist was they agreed with you, yes, the priesthood ban was a mistake, and there's some really rough history there. Um, But then the follow-up question they had was, doesn't this affect your trust in in our leaders? Mm -hmm. And uh, how can you trust anything they have to say? if they were wrong about the priesthood ban, what else might they be wrong about, mm-hmm. whether in the past or currently? Mm-hmm. And and so there were concerns about that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any response to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly think that that fear is a fear that goes all the way up to the top. I think that there's also fear with leaders with acknowledging some of the the faults along the way, does that then make people feel like, well, now well, how do I know if what you're gonna say next is is? And how do I just trust that? And really we're supposed to do what they ask us to do was just take it to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like when things are said, we take it to the Lord. And I know that there's gonna be more things said that I disagree with. And policies that I'm like questioning that is going to happen forever and ever, amen. Like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And so I think if we get to a place where we really do believe that they are imperfect and that the gospel is still being restored constantly, mm. um, then we can be okay. I still sustain them. Yeah. Even in their faults, I sustain them and pray for them in their calling.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. It just takes, that's, that, that's a lot of faith, um, which of course is what the Lord is after, but to be able to say, because a lot of people look at this situation and they say, well, if they were wrong about this, therefore, they can't be prophets. The church can't be true. But you're saying, no, this is this should be expected. This is something that inevitably we have to deal with, this idea of fallibility, right? Um, but we can still be faithful to God and, and believe that the church is true despite some of these challenges.
0: Yes. And I mean... It's just that, I think we look at this last 150 years like it's different than the rest of the history of Christianity. Mm -hmm. You know, when we think of Moses, how many times did it take him before he was able to free the Jews? Like, you were wrong again, Moses. Nope, wrong again, that's the wrong way. They didn't fall for that, Moses. Like, Mm -hmm. so is he not who he was supposed to be? Yeah, He was. And so I do think there's not gonna be seven times wrong to get something right with us here today, but there are gonna be some steps along the way that are not the straightest path. And we have to then work on our faith along the way, because if it's just perfect and we don't have the question, then what is the point of our faith? If there's nothing to question, then we can just rely on whatever they say and do. Mm. And that is like the opposite of what the plan for Christ was.
1: Yeah, mm. Great thoughts. Okay, so, so then the second group of people that had less positive comments were from members of the church. Mm-hmm. And kind of the gist of what they were saying was they were pointing out that the church has yet to um, disavow the ban itself as, as a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the concerns that I saw from that group was, is it okay then for us to talk about and have these opinions uh, and, and go further than what the Church has has said so far. Does does that make sense? I think mm-hmm. the concern is that it's not our place to say
2: We're not the authoritative. We're
1: voice not the authoritative the church, voice, yeah. which is true. We're not. We don't speak for the Church. Mm-hmm. No. Um, but, but I think that the thought is, you know, sometimes the Lord gives us commandments that don't make sense immediately, that we don't, uh, they don't come with a rationale, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not from God. Yeah. So we have a lot of people saying, well the church hasn't disavowed this. There may not be a rationale, but maybe this is still from God and is it really our place to say that it wasn't? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I mean, I guess controversial um, because prophet Brigham Young did say why. Hmm. It, the, we we can say we we don't know why, we don't know why, but we are now able to go look up everything we want to find. And he said in the worst way, why? And so to say we don't know is just not true because the man who put it into place said why. Mm -hmm. And it was rooted in, in racism that led to enslavement of other human beings. And if we can't acknowledge wrong and racism when it's so blatant and clear back then, then how are we gonna notice and recognize the nuances of racism today? And uh, that's not me saying Brigham Young's a racist, that, oh, because I know it's a hot word, like nobody, it's a, it's a touchy word, yeah. but we do have to be able to root out racism. And where is the root of it within our own faith? It doesn't discount us from doing it within our own faith. It's not telling everybody else to do it and not us. And so if something happens again, and we decide we're gonna start enslaving another race, I'm going to say that's wrong and I'm not going to wait for the prophet to tell me that. I think we can connect with the Spirit and know right and wrong. So
1: yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Okay. I have a question that's kind of relating to both of these topics. You're mentioning a lot that like, you know, something more might happen, something more might happen that's going to frustrate us or some people in the church. But what about things that, and we don't need to like say anything specifically, but things like that maybe are now that we are kind of wrestling with ourselves or trying to figure out what is your like advice or how do you go about like continuing to, you know, listen and trust in our leadership when there is things currently that we don't fully understand that we think even maybe that could potentially be different.
0: Yeah, I mean, the most recent one was from the one of the leaders of the general young men's presidency and and the fireside he gave. And this is the way I see that. I think that we're unraveling those words that were said and how hurtful they they were to certain groups and groups that don't even look like black people were equally as offended by them. And now he has the opportunity to heal more than anyone has ever had the opportunity to do. He, I mean, I pray for him every night and I'm talking about Brad Wilcox, I pray for him because he is carrying this mantle of being able to heal and fully repent of the pain that was caused to other members of the church and outside of the church, all the things that were said. And I believe that he's capable of being able to say, whoa, this was not okay. And this is the truth and this is where we stand. And I think someone, a leader that can do that, if there's a double sustain, I'll do that. Like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because I think that's a beautiful thing to see somebody come full circle.
1: Yeah. I think that really embodies the idea expressed in uh, d and 121 about having charity towards all men and towards the household of faith. I think that as members of the church, we, oh man, we can be really, really harsh towards our own, you know? Uh, and I see it all the time online, it's just, just criticism after criticism. And I'm not saying that that criticism isn't helpful or constructive, um, but, but being charitable with it and, and being forgiving and um, not, not necessarily justifying, but recognizing humanity and, and working with it.
0: Here, here's how I see it. Like, I, I always like to connect it to the scriptures, you know, like the New Testament um, and Peter, and Peter being an apostle who walked with Christ, like he served with Christ, was the right-hand man to Christ and to deny him. In front of everyone watching Christ suffer and die, in front of Christ's mother. How could Peter do that? Oof. How could he do that? And so that paints a picture. I mean, so then what do we do? Is he still an apostle? Is he still ordained? Absolutely. And he has his process of redemption for himself and for those who are following. And I'm sure he did that work. Hmm. And that's no different than the leaders today. I, I would hope that when another leader does misspeak, that we do look to those who are suffering and hurt by that and to look to the healing that can be done. I'm not gonna tear down Peter and I'm not gonna tear down Brad, but I do hope that there's education and, and redemption and healing from that.
1: Sure. Yeah. sure. Does it make you an apostate if you go further than what the leaders have said on this subject? It, does it make you less faithful to say, the priesthood ban was a mistake, even though the church itself hasn't gone there yet.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I I don't think so because right is right and wrong is wrong, evil is evil and um, good is good. And even though it was the practice to enslave other members of the church back in the 1850s, and it was all members of the church that put that into that legislation forward, does not mean that those who disagreed with that are going against the church. They're just following what they feel to be true in their heart. Doesn't mean that they have control over the future. I can't control the future of the church because I disagree with something. But we should be able to have disagreements. We watch the apostles do that in the scriptures with each other, Mm -hmm. with Christ. And we should be no different. And so I think that they were laying the example of how to follow, how to sustain, and how, how to also question and, and strengthen our own testimonies. Mm-hmm. That's how we got the restored gospel of Jesus Christ because of the questions that Joseph Smith asked.
1: Love it.
2: Yeah, All right, that's good. Okay,
1: tough stuff over.
2: Another question. <laughs> I
1: mean, obviously, it's not over. There will be lots <laughs> yeah, yeah, of comments yeah. about this and discussion about this. Um, but let's get back to some of these fun comments. Let's see this is from Lulu. Me and my four sisters are recent converts to the church. We're African and not too long ago my younger sister got the green light from our parents to get baptized. She's been asking me questions about blacks in the priesthood and I found myself having the same questions. I felt like she has a harder time with this matter than I do because normally I, I normally just trust and not question the things that are hard for me to understand. Even as a returned missionary, I still didn't have a response for my sister. Thank you so much for this video, it has taught me so much and I will share it with my sister. Mistakes happen. Quote, the Lord has to work with people who are not perfect. This must be terribly frustrating for him, but he deals with it. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland.
0: Yeah, um, I know it's difficult and I don't have an answer to make those questions um, less relevant in her life. Um, But I can say that I hope that your sister and you And we all are getting to the root of our testimony so that when there are things like this priesthood ban and the terrible things that happen in the world, how did those things happen? If our testimony is rooted in Jesus Christ, then the rest is really irrelevant. It really is because Christ came and died for his gospel. And I'm not going to negotiate that because of where we are today or where we were 50 years ago. We're on our path to perfection that we're never going to achieve. So there's going to be faults along the way. When it comes to blacks in the priesthood, I do relate it to American history because there is a history of enslaved people in America. And I don't think for a second that I'm going to leave my country. It's my country, even though the history of my family, my great grandfather enslaved, terrible, but it's my country. So let's just tell the stories Learn from the mistakes, Don't and do them e- again. <laughs> yeah, and even though, mm-hmm. I, even though it would it would feel so good to me if the president of the United States stood up there and said, "This was what happened in history towards African men, and that was never should have happened, and we're so sorry. We're going to do everything we. Oh, that would be so healing. But yeah. because that hasn't come yet, I'm still staying. And same mm-hmm. thing with our faith. I would love this apology to come, and ah, oh, how healing. But it doesn't change my faith.
1: Because you're looking at Jesus on the cross yeah. and not Peter exactly. after what he did.
0: That's it. So even though um, there hasn't been this apology that many are waiting for, um, and maybe the question is, do, well, do you need it? What's the point? Does it change anything? We know the history of the early church members who were run out and, uh, in, in Nauvoo, right, mm-hmm. in Missouri, and the governor having the extermination order on members of the church. Mm-hmm. What a terrible thing. Decades and decades later, the governor issued an apology about that. Not, he was not there. He had nothing to do with it. Right. But he issued that apology during President Hinckley's, uh, when he was prophet, and it brought President Hinckley to tears. Mm. Why? Why does it matter? That governor wasn't there, he had nothing to do with it. President Hinckley wasn't there, but it is healing. And I do think that when we do apologize and acknowledge the suffering of people, even if we have nothing to do with it, it does begin the healing.
1: Excellent, love it.
2: Okay, so now we have this one. um, She kind of asked that question already that you've already answered about what if an apology doesn't happen, but then Mm -hmm. she also added her other thoughts saying, I also got to thinking: What if God is okay with the ban and is more concerned with what we do with our trials and testimony here on Earth? I don't purport to know um, what God thinks, but he, but He didn't stop it. We know He isn't racist; that God isn't racist, and we know we are here to become like Christ. So, what do these things tell us? Just made me think. That's what she said. So.
0: That's a that's a great question. Um, and and who who asked that question?
2: Uh, her name's Terilyn.
0: Okay, so. I have a number of friends um, that have gone through some trials in life, and they say, Well, why would God let this happen? Why would God let that happen if God was God? And if then why would he do this? You know, and we think of all the terrible things in the world, things that we know are not right. Um, Right now, there's more people enslaved ever than ever before, and mostly children, right? And why would God let that happen? And why would God is not the reason for the suffering or the inequality. Um, But to her point, I do think he is extremely concerned about how we do afterwards. Mm -hmm. And we are that because the priesthood ban is lifted. So how we heal from that, God is concerned with. So the second half of her point is spot on. And I think we have to root out why it's affecting us today and be able to heal from it. And it, it's not just negating the suffering or the history, mm-hmm. but being able to really address it. I think that in
1: order to find kind of a sense of closure when it comes to the priesthood band, we do need to look back and look at the history and understand it uh, to make sense of the now right? But once you do that and you look at that the past and you, and you come to the present, I guess my question is how do you move forward, or, or or what are things that we can do moving forward, both as uh, maybe things that we can do and things that we are doing, both as individuals and maybe as an institution, to move past this? And I'm not saying we need to sweep this under the rug. Move forward by any means. Hey, how, yeah, how do we move forward? How yeah. do we build?
0: Yeah. Uh, honestly, I just think transparency, like. It's so interesting with our faith, like the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we tell it all. Like all the stories in the scriptures. Doesn't matter how brutal it is, we teach our 8-year-old child that Nephi cut the head off of another. Like we tell all the things. Mm-hmm. And as much as the story would be so much easier if we didn't, you know, talk about Joseph of Egypt's brothers doing, you know, betraying him and him being poor, part spending part of his life enslaved, that would be such a more a better story, easier to digest but we tell it, and if we can do the same thing with our history, our recent history, and look at what was, just the truth of it all, and allow ourselves to grow from that authenticity, that is the root of our faith, the fullness, tell it all. So I don't think that we need protection from the history. We need to acknowledge it all. The
1: church does a lot today with the NAACP. A lot of people view that as excellent, a lot of people view that as maybe somewhat disingenuous because it seems to some that that they're trying to say and do these things that are against racism while at the same time not fully acknowledging the racism from our own history. What's your take on that whole
0: situation? Um, you know, to, to put it bluntly, I think in churches and faith and religion in general, it is easier to do positive works outside of your own community. Hmm. For a non-denominational Christian group to go to Guatemala and do it there because whatever they do is just a positive. They had nothing to do with that suffering. So it's, all you can do is feel good about that work. And I love the relationship with the NAACP and the church, but the church has nothing to do with the suffering and and the plight that the NAACP is pushing. So whatever they do is positive. And so I think it's tough when you go within your own home, because, I mean, the church, we use that loosely, what does that the church even mean? But the church is a part of the oppression within the church. So to deal with that, you're also dealing with pain. Mm. When you go outside of your faith, you don't have to. We're only doing good deeds. Mm. And I do think we're gonna get to where we can address the wounds within our own families, within our own communities, our own wards. and and. Um, it, I don't want to take away from that relationship because it is good. Um, but it shouldn't replace the healing that needs to be done at home.
2: Yeah, I see that. That's really good. Well, I mean, this has been another awesome. This episode was deep. With this you. was deep.
0: Yeah. You totally. guys
2: okay? Everybody
0: okay?
1: Wow. Woo-san. I'm good. I'm good. I mean, we'll see what happens in the comments. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Do you have any last words to leave with our people? This here? has
1: kind of been kind of a Oh, I hate this word, but I, I need to use it so often. Schmorgas Schmorgasburg. Yeah. Yeah, Schmorgasburg. Schmorgasburg. Yeah. yeah. Schmorgasburg. You sir, is that a German word?
2: I think it's a German word. You
1: served in yeah. Germany, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, maybe you should say it then.
2: <laughs> Schmorgasburg. Yeah, that. <laughs> it's just it's just a jumble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: It's been a lot of pieces of parts of different things that we've talked about today. Um but but they're really important so yeah any thoughts that you have to kind of bring this all together would be would be great if you have anything else to i'd say. say
0: this okay so it was heavy okay we were heavy Woo-saw, and that's okay but what we have to remember is that fortunately none of us were there during these times that we're talking about we weren't there during enslavement and during when utah became an a, a, a slave territory some of these hard things that are very difficult to fathom but we're here now and we have the opportunity to heal and learn and acknowledge things so as much as it does trigger us in different ways different people just remember you weren't there you didn't inflict the suffering and you didn't feel those hands-on sufferings but we're just all feeling the remnants of it and so with that. Let's stand up and make that change and do different and do better because we're here now and and we're doing it together. Look at us, you know, talking about the hard things, you know, <laughs> yeah. So I hope that you guys get to be able to survive this conversation and have more of them. Thank
1: you. Next episode, we're bringing on Stevie Wonder <laughs> with Maui Yes. to talk some more about, no, that's, that's
2: <laughs> that a lie. That would be great. <laughs> You're
1: going to get me fired. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Well, Molly, thanks for being here. Thanks for responding Thank to some of these comments and, and talking more about this super important issue. Again, we don't speak for the church. These are just our opinions and our feelings. Um, but but these are conversations that are, that are good to have. Yeah. You know, they're healthy and, and, I don't know, healing.
0: They are. They are.
1: And it, it just kind of it r- reminds me of... know in the church we talk about the process of repentance and whatnot and how it shouldn't be a scary thing but a positive thing and i feel like you exude that when it comes to this topic Mm -hmm. which is a hard thing to do but but we really appreciate your example and your thoughts and perspectives
2: just like this person said i feel like i'm a better
1: person for listening to your story wow thanks guys
2: so
1: thank you thanks for being here mali got it hopefully we can do this again sometime We'll see you guys there. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.